people. My friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I am your host, Dixie Lee Henning. And this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Just a real quick reminder up top here, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at No People Pod. We also have a Patreon campaign running at patreon.com slash no people pod where you can get in on some private Discord server action. You could submit questions that we could ask every guest on the show. There is a monthly bonus episode that we release after the first Saturday of every month. And at certain tiers, you can even join that bonus episode Mm -hmm. and hang out with us every month. I'm cool. Come hang out. So check it out. Patreon.com slash no people pod. Yeah. In this episode, we are recapping some past guests from the year, the year of our Lord 2020. Yep. Nicholas Cage. Our Lord Nicholas Cage. I think I've also (laughs) said our Lord Brad Pitt in the show before. Yeah, yeah. These are guests that we've had in the past. We asked them a series of questions. We sent them an email and asked them, hey, would you record just a voice memo and pretend you're leaving us a voicemail? Yeah. And just let's check in on where your life is at since recording the podcast. So Dixie, give us a rundown. So you guys know what the questions are. I'm just going to list them off. What was it like being on the podcast? We asked everyone to tell us about their pets if they have any. What is a smell from your childhood that transports you to a good memory? Have you had any notable life changes since recording your episode of the podcast? What is one silver lining positive that has come from COVID-19? And do you have any ongoing projects you'd like to mention? There we go. So with that framework set up, let's throw to our their current guests, but also they were previous yeah. guests. So that's fun. Here we go. Doing it. technically have any pets but oddly despite really disliking cats I recently found myself living alone with a cat and I have to admit the little guy started to grow on me I was sort of apprehensive to live alone with a cat because I um I've had terrible experiences with just like hellish cats in the past and um sort of the thought of being a cat lady is quite terrifying so I <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy the experience but like I said the little guy grew on me and um, it was not a terrible experience but that only lasted for a few weeks um, his name was Phoenix Phoenix is now back with his rightful owner and I am not a cat lady any longer so all is right with the world a smell that transports me back to childhood. Um, I would say bay laurels remind me of my grandma Alice's home in Saratoga, California, which is in the the South Bay of the Bay Area where I grew up. Uh, Yeah, that smell, her garden uh, was full of bay and whenever it would be damp, especially sort of that scent would be released. And um, anytime I, I smell that, I'm just immediately transported back to getting lost in her garden, um, which is a very happy memory. 
I guess one notable life change is that I've been um, accepted to a writing program put on by a group called Young Voices, um, which is a nonprofit that supports aspiring writers within sort of the policy world. Um, it's a super cool group. Basically what they do is they provide writers with access to editors and also PR folks who help them with placements. Um, the program runs for six months um, and I will be writing one op-ed per month. And so I'm super excited to have an opportunity to get some of my writing published. So keep an eye out for it, I guess. <laughs> oh boy, a silver lining of COVID-19. That is maybe a tall order to ask. Um, but <laughs> I guess from my perspective, I would say uh, that one gift that came from this uh, is that I, I believe there's a greater awareness of the dangers of government overreach. Um, and I think more people are now acutely aware that big government can make a bad situation worse and that the private sector is where innovation and prosperity are born. And so maybe this experience, hopefully, likely this experience will sort of equip us all to think about who we give power to. <laughs> hopefully, maybe that will be the uh, one of the beautiful lessons learned from this situation. An ongoing project. Well, I would say the Whiskey Bench is the project I'm most excited about right now. Um, it's something that we talked about when you originally interviewed me, Henning, and you and I and our good friend Stephen Torna have been working on it since then. Um, so far, we've recorded nine episodes where we have enjoyed really beautiful craft cocktails and explored an interesting array of topics um, from meme culture to digital censorship to reimagining voting. Um, we've covered a lot of ground so far and we have a lot more interesting ground that we'd like to cover in the months and years ahead. And um, yeah, it's just been super rewarding for me personally to, to have this outlet and to get to talk about these things that I'm so interested in with two of my good friends now. Um, and yeah, it's a real gift. And so, you know, hopefully people are excited about it and I'm, I'm stoked to see where we take whiskey bench, um, in the year ahead. As for a final thought to share with the no normal people audience, I just say as the show that was 2020 comes to a close, and we face the opportunity of a new year. My advice for myself and for my friends and my loved ones and the strangers I pass on the street is to really take time to breathe deeply, to reflect, to ground your spirit and your mind, to listen to your body and to take time to learn the history of your people and your neighbor's people. And I think, um, if we regularly practice these healthy things, um, it equips us with, with a healthy perspective and um, sort of helps illuminate a fruitful path. And so I think heading into the new year and leaving behind some of the chaos of this last year and, and hopefully taking with us valuable lessons learned from the chaos, because um, we are refined by fire, but hopefully sort of keeping some of these practices in mind can equip us to really have a have a good year ahead
What was it like being on the podcast? Honestly, if you take away the fact that, you know, I knew I was on your podcast or anything, it was just, it it would have been just like having a normal conversation. (laughs) Nothing, nothing crazy or anything like that. It was pretty, felt pretty normal, all things considered, I'd say. Tell us about your pets. Don't have a pet as of now. But me and my wife, we really want to get a Bernese Mountain Dog someday. So that's where we're at with that. What is a smell from your childhood that transports you to a good memory? It's probably like a, a series of good memories. But every Thanksgiving, my mom makes these just awesome cinnamon rolls that like, they're not very big. Like if you make a fist, they're, you know, they're probably about smaller than your fist. But she makes like 90 of them. And so you wake up Thanksgiving morning to the smell of just all those cinnamon rolls waiting to be devoured. And uh, that's always good. Have you had any notable life changes since recording your episode of the podcast? Well, I finally got a design job. Um, So I'll be leaving Ashley Furniture after about eight years, seven and a half, eight years, something crazy like that. So it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad to be moving on. Even though, you know, Ashley has been really good to me, really flexible while I was in school and everything like that. So I got no complaints, but it'll be good to uh, be doing something using my degree. What is one silver lining positive thing that has come from COVID-19? I think it it really got me back into disc golf. I mean, there's a, that was a big reason for it. That and one of my groomsmen getting into it um, got me back into it. But also, yeah, just things being shut down it's an easy sport to do with you know by yourself or distance or whatever so definitely regrew my love for disc golf i think too i mean i wouldn't say it was necessarily from covid but you know a lot of people are saying 2020 sucked for them or just sucked in general but i got married graduated college so i don't think it's really sucked for me Okay, what was it like to be on the podcast? That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the couple of hours we spent chatting and getting to know each other and asking questions and being vulnerable, but at the same time being super comfortable answering all the questions and really enjoying the platform that you guys have created. It was a really good cleansing for me. It was a good way to talk about things that are hard, but in a comfortable and safe space. And it was just just downright overall just fun. Really, really enjoyed being on the podcast. Pets. Oh, man, do we have pets at our house. Okay, we'll start out with the dog. His name is Hubert. He's a basset hound. Technically belongs to Clara, but everybody is involved in the day-to-day with Hubert. We've had him for over a year, and that dog drives me crazy. He... The first night he stayed here, because he is a hound dog, he howled for a good solid like 12 hours. And I didn't think Mason was going to let him live with our family. But he has adapted to all our chaos and craziness. So that's Hubert. And then we have two mini flop ear bunnies that technically belong to Dallin and Ava. We have one named Brutus. It's a gray flop ear. Actually, he's blue. And then we have a brown one named Butters. And 
they live in our house in a cage, although Ava would love to free range them and I told her no. Anyway, they're really soft. The kids all love the bunnies and they put up with a lot. They just let you haul them all over the house and love on them. And so we've enjoyed those and we've had those bunnies for almost two years. We used to have another bunny, but I left the bunny in the sun and the bunny died. And so this is mom guilt that now we have two bunnies in our house. So let's see, what else did you want me to do? Oh, and then from the bunnies, we go to the chickens. We currently have 12 chickens, including a rooster. And they all have names, but I don't remember what their names are. I know we have one little tiny one named Elvis and a black one named Puff the Magic Chicken. And we have a jet. They call the rooster Satan. I guess that's pretty fitting. He's kind of mean. We also have Speedy and Roadrunner. I have no idea. They're all Emerson's. Emerson takes care of the chickens and the chickens in turn give us eggs that I haven't bought, store-bought eggs in a very long time and Emerson actually makes money with the chickens so we have lots of chickens at our house and we also have four fish that belong to Bennett my dad decided that Bennett didn't have any pets so he bought him fish and brought an aquarium over and then proceeded to kind of disappear for a little bit because I think he realized that we wouldn't be very happy with more pets okay um smell from my childhood that transports me to a good memory I don't really have one. I have that my mom used to always make a roast on Sundays. So the smell of roast cooking in the crock pot or in the oven always reminds me of good food on Sunday and subsequently really good food throughout the week because we ate lots of leftovers in my family and she just would transform it into something else. So those are good memories for me. It's just Sunday roast when everybody was home and you know, it was kind of a more mellow day. Uh, silver lining of positive that's come from COVID-19. Oh man, you have to catch me on a good day to find a silver lining of COVID-19. The only thing I think I can say is we've definitely had some more of getting to know each other, all our quirks and odds and ends when we're not so busy and running around like crazy people. We have had to learn how to all really, really like each other because we're all in the same house and always together. But I think it's a silver lining in the sense that what's important is a roof over our head and that we're together as a family and that we realize that at the end of the day, family is all you have and the stuff and the friends and the all the extra frivolity of life is not what's important. It's um, important as family. And like I said, you have to catch me on a good day. So today is a good day that I am okay with that because generally I have a hard time finding silver linings because it's crazy and um, I don't like being told what to do. But for sure, I am really grateful that all the extras in life have been taken away from us essentially and that what was left is realizing your foundation in having a foundation in God and in the gospel and understanding and loving your family and knowing that that is what this world is all about. So that's what I think. I don't know that I have anything that would be like a message towards whoever wants to listen to this, 
Um, I've already stated it that I've decided that family is what this is all about. And I think that living every day, day to day, doing the nitty gritty, doing the average normal stuff that makes up life is what it's about. It's not about all the glamorous extra stuff. It's getting woken up in the middle of the night by the four-year-old who just wants you to take him to the bathroom even though he's fully capable of doing it and then proceeding to tell you that he needs me to hold him tight and he ends up in bed and which means my husband and I do not sleep the rest of the night. It's walking into my living room and my kitchen and it looks like a bomb went off even though I had just cleaned it 10 minutes ago. It's the kids giggling over silly, silly stuff like getting a thing of putty that when you put your fingers in it, it makes the most um, inappropriate noises that they think should be at the dinner table. It is um, watching them play outside and getting run over by the dog and the chickens everywhere and just the chaos of every day is what life is about, is what we are supposed to do every day. It's the whole purpose. This is Kyle giving a quick update for the No Normal People podcast. What was it like being on the podcast? Man, it was it was a lot of fun. I was really pretty nervous that I was going to be really self-conscious the whole time, but uh it was it was really quick to get into feeling very at home with Steven. Um tell us about your pets. I have two cats. Um, one is Pip and the other is Ben. Ben is a little older but she acts a lot older and she is very much a cranky old cat. Um, Pip is a snuggler and Ben is not. What is a smell from your childhood that transports you to a good memory? Um, man, the smell of horses. Um, just really reminds me of spending a lot of time with good friends on their farm up in Canada when we were kids. Um, what is one silver lining positive that came from COVID-19? You know, for, for us, you know, it, it's been a chance to spend more time with the kids, um, more time outside. Um, just really use this opportunity to talk a lot about more of what's going on in the world. Usually I, I don't do that with my kids and I've I've been doing that a lot more lately. I'm just kind of sharing more about what's going on and what I think about that. And then kind of giving them a chance to talk about how they think things are going and what's going on and um, kind of their fears and uh, worries and um, blessings that have come from it as well. So that's it for me. Good morning, no normal people. Well, or guess whatever time you may be listening to this. Uh, this is Sarah Legacy. So excited to get to be recording this little clip. Stephen and Dixie, what a fun idea to do recaps of all of the guests that you've had on the podcast for the first season. Congrats to you guys for finishing a season. And it's such a really fun collection of stories and people that you've got here. Honored to have been included in it. So in terms of answering the question, what was it like being on the podcast? 
I, I joke, I was talking to my husband, Tim, as we were driving over to be in your studio and talk to you guys. And I, I was beaming. I was so excited. And I would just turn to him like, babe, this is totally a first time in my life experience. Um, and I loved getting to joke with you guys and then uh, about that fact. And then the fact that it actually made it into the podcast too was so fun. But, uh, yeah, it was a first time in my life experience for sure. I, I had such a great time. I think in terms of describing what it was like, I would say exhilarating and in a sweaty palms, eyes bright, not sure what exactly to expect, but hopeful that it was going to be a good experience kind of way. I think that coming away from it, it was for sure an experience that I hope to get to help other people have because it was a, I don't know, to just get to sit and be asked questions about your life and have space to talk about them maybe more in depth than I've ever had before was, uh, it felt like a gift. And I, I don't know, I've, I've thought about that experience a lot since I got to be on the podcast and just, man, how can I bring this level of interest and intentionality into my other conversations with people? How can I ask better questions? Is there a way that I can replicate this experience even if we don't have two plus hours to just sit and talk? But then maybe what does it look like to try and carve out more more time with people to give them the same gift that Stephen and Dixie gave me? It made me feel amazing. So thanks you guys for creating this podcast and inviting normal people onto it. I loved it. Uh, tell us about your pets. Uh, we don't have any pets. Yeah, I'm not really an animal person. Tim definitely is. So I, I hope that I think that we will definitely have a dog sometime in the future, but hopefully when the kids are a little older and they can help out, I think that that's, that's where our pet journey is. I don't, does sourdough starter count? You can <laughs> probably not. Okay. No, it is alive. It, it requires a lot of, uh, care. I have a sourdough starter. Okay. There, there's my pet. <laughs> <laughs> a smell from my childhood that transports me to a good memory. I would say that the smell of juniper berries, I think that's what they're called. There's those the there are low bushes but also tall trees and there are these tiny little blue berries that are slightly waxy, dusted white. The smell of those and the feeling when you pick one off the tree and you squeeze it between your fingertips. It's such a burst of sharp, evergreen scent. Uh, and that takes me back to my childhood because we would play outside and pretend cook all the time. And I'd created this rubric of in pretend cooking where you're not actually eating the meal, these are the important elements to include. You have to have color and texture and smell. Smell was the most important one, I thought. And juniper berries were such an important, uh, a part of all of our play foods, whether we were Indians on the move, on the move, or we were, um, in a covered wagon, or we were opening a five-star restaurant, whatever we were doing in our imagination, um, juniper berries were inevitably a part of it <laughs> because they were everywhere in my neighborhood growing up. Uh, and they were so fun. And the fact that we could pick them, like they were a crop to be harvested and no one, no one cared. We didn't get in trouble for picking juniper berries. <laughs> so I'd say when I, when I smell a juniper berry now, man, that transports me back. It makes me feel excited and creative and yeah, I, in a strange way, a, a part of something. Cause it was always a, a collaborative effort 
as we were collecting those juniper berries and making them into fake food. Have you had any notable life changes since recording your episode of the podcast? Now, it wasn't too long ago that I was on the podcast, so not I wouldn't say anything uh, massive has happened in my life, but we we did go down to Texas for Thanksgiving, and that was fantastic. Uh, it was our first time on a plane with a small person. He, our son August, is is uh, just under eighteen months. I think he's like, how old is he? Fifteen months. And he, it was, it was hard. I tip my hat to any parents who have been on a plane with a toddler. I don't think I will ever look at a family with small children on the plane the same way. I'm like, just, yeah, I'm so much respect for how hard that was. (laughs) So much respect for people who do that because it was very hard, Uh, but a hundred percent worth it. Texas was a dream. We ate dim sum, um, which is one of our favorite Cantonese, or well, it's a Chinese dining experience that we only get to have when we're in Texas or Hong Kong. And it was so special to share that with August for the first time and a good time with friends and thunderstorms out in the the Texas countryside and uh, late nights binging Netflix with the family and eating wonderful food and sleeping in and taking naps. And, uh, it was everything that, that just the most, it was the best trip we've had in a long time. So I was so thankful for that. That happened since filming the episode. And I think that coming back has really helped Tim and I reevaluate what rest looks like in our lives. How do we carve out a little bit of that experience and try and replicate it during a season where our lives are really busy, uh, more so than we would like it to be. So excited to apply that feeling towards New Year's resolutions and hopes for the future. I would say another thing that's happened since recording the episode, I remember that I had just finished the book, The Coddling of the American Mind, um, at the time of taping the episode. And what a springboard that has felt into an intellectual world or in space that I've appreciated and I think I've had an opportunity to be introduced to new ideas and ways of thinking through podcasts for sure. But I, I don't know. I feel like it filled a void in my life. Um, this exciting space of new ideas and deep thinkers and statistics and well-researched content and really enjoying the conversations that resulted from reading that book with my friends and family. And uh, so The Coddling of the American Mind was written by, well, essentially it started out as an article in The Atlantic and then the authors, Jonathan Haidt and, oh goodness, I always forget the other guys. He is equally important who also wrote the article, (laughs) but it started as an article in The Atlantic that they then uh, expanded on to make the book, The Coddling of the American Mind. And I, uh, decided to look into the Atlantic and I bought a copy in Texas and I, I, my thinking was, wow, if there is a, if there's a book that makes me feel this excited about life and what's going on in the world, and there's a magazine that has small excerpts that are similar to this, I I need that in my life. Um, and it has absolutely met, if not exceeded my expectations. I love, I love it. Um, I've learned so much. 
I've taken up some like notating throughout the magazines. I will talk to anyone who wants to talk to me about it. Um, so I don't know if that counts as a notable change, but I've felt so inspired and excited since um, the Atlantic has entered my more like uh, my my recreational space, so to speak. So um, really excited to see where that leads, and I've been learning learning a ton. A silver lining positive that's come from COVID nineteen. I would say that the solidarity in our community has been so inspiring. I've loved that. It's renewed hope for me in our community and has given me tangible experiences. Yeah, tangible tangible memories throughout this pandemic of ways that people have stepped up and gone outside of themselves to help each other. Actually, I wanted to read this quote. It's from the Atlantic, <laughs> but it's called uh it's referring to this very thing. As the coronavirus pandemic may confirm that Americans still care for one another and still possess an ability to self-organize locally. And I was like, yes, I love that so much. Um, it's really inspiring to see. So I would say that that's a definite silver lining. I would also say a silver lining positive is the opportunity to reevaluate uh, what's normal in our lives as we return to, well, as now that they have a vaccine and it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, um, who knows when things will feel quote unquote normal, but I think that there is an exciting space that we get to be more intentional. Kind of like when you gut your closet and you pull everything out of it and you're looking at these empty walls and then you're looking at this huge pile of your stuff and you get to be intentional with not only where you're putting everything, but what you're putting back. And I think that there's a, a great opportunity for us to organize our closets and be intentional. I, as far as a, a short message or a sentiment to share with the audience, uh, I think I would just encourage you to remember that people are more important than time and money. It's the relationships that we take with us. That's what our legacy is. And sometimes it can feel like there are priorities that are clamoring for attention that shouldn't be, or that they're clamoring for attention, but they shouldn't be getting that attention. And we'll just encourage you to uh, breathe and fight fight the hustle and the hurry and expectations of others and evaluate what's really important because that's what I'm trying to do. And remember, the only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.